Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kupinger Coal Analysts. We will focus on specific and hopefully interesting topics that we as analysts encounter in our daily work. The work that we do is mainly focused on the topic areas of cybersecurity, identity and access management, AI, and much more. Here we do in-depth research, but also advisory work with vendors and end users as clients. In each edition, I'm joined by one guest, often a fellow analyst or another interesting partner, and we will have a 15 minutes or so chat around current topics. And my guest today is Alexei Balaganski. He is lead analyst with Kupinger Coal. And today we will talk about ransomware and everything around that. So hi, Alexei, welcome. Hello, Matthias. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to have you here because you are one of our lead analysts in the area of cybersecurity. And that, of course, is just right down. Interesting topic. And it's a real, real life topic because cybersecurity is gaining more and more importance while people are more working from home. We are still in this weird time of uh, the corona pandemic and ransomware and cybersecurity in general are what we call hot topics. It's really something that should be on everybody's mind today. So we want to talk about ransomware in general today. Can you give the audience a quick introduction what ransomware actually is? What is the, the idea, the concept behind that? Well, as you might have guessed, uh, the answer is actually right in the name. So ransomware is obviously uh, a piece of malicious software that's designed to prevent you from accessing your computer or from working with your documents until you pay a ransom. That is uh, an amount of money to a cyber attacker. Uh, usually, uh, such a piece of malware is delivered to you uh, via a phishing campaign or a malicious link, so it's disguised as a legitimate program or document. But as soon as a user starts such a program, it kind of rears its ugly head and causing immediate damage to your system or to your files. Uh, modern or, or most modern strains of ransomware usually uh, encrypt your documents, office files, images, uh, any other valuable pieces of digital information. Some are, are not as destructive. They just lock you up from accessing your computer. In any case, uh, they will show you uh, a message uh, demanding you to, to pay a ransom. And it's really odd uh, uh, to think about it. Uh, ransomware is such a huge topic, uh, and yet it's uh, absolutely not a technically complicated thing. Modern media make us believe that uh, ransomware attacks uh, is something which diabolically clever elite hacker groups come up with. In reality, however, ransomware is something which even a novice uh, cyber criminal, almost a script kiddie, can launch uh, with minimal resources, but really huge monetary return. Okay, that was actually the thing that I was thinking about. Um, are there typical groups of people who are behind these attacks? Um, you, you you do that either, okay, you, you mentioned script kiddies. Of course, this is something that they just do for fun or just because they can, but who are the most important groups behind these ransomware attacks? Are these really, yeah, People that, that 
want to earn money from it through this ransom? Or where, where is, where's the beef? Where, where do these attacks really originate from? Well, to answer this question properly, I think it might be interesting to go a little bit uh, back in time and look at the humble beginnings of ransomware. So it actually all started, I would say, about a decade ago or in Eastern European countries like Russia, for example, where I'm originally from. And again, so the first ransomware attacks were very limited uh, to a specific region because, of course, uh, The biggest challenge for a ransomware attacker is to collect the ransom. So how do you get that money from your victim? And back then, the only uh, feasible uh, options for them to collect the money were, for example, premium SMS uh, numbers, where you would have to send uh, a text message to a paid number or even go to a store and buy uh, something like an iTunes uh, gift card and then send it per post to a hacker. So obviously, this doesn't scale well. And of course, it leaves uh, a trail leading to the attacker. So those uh, original ransomware attacks were very small uh, and done by uh, really like gangs of local facts, if you will. However, uh, just a few years later, we had this explosive growth of uh, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. And Bitcoin, of course, uh, makes it... Uh, I mean, the very anonymity built into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies makes them the perfect tool to collect ransomware payments uh, around the world, which led to a massive increase of uh, scale and, of course, uh, the massive increase of profitability of such extortion campaign. So, yes, ransomware is now a highly lucrative business. There are probably thousands of uh, local and global cyber gangs, if you will, operating in this market. Some are well-known and established in the underground markets, or they even run their ransomware as a service, where basically you don't have to create any software yourself. You just take a pre-configured kit, run it through some kind of a distribution campaign, for example, or an email spamming campaign, and you split the earnings with the original creators. So basically you are acting as an affiliate partner of such a ransomware as a service group. And it was uh, fine and dandy for quite a few years. You remember, it was probably like 2012, 2015, uh, there were large-scale ransomware attacks. So, like, people were already talking about the problem, but it was not kind of destructive enough. It was not yet a real, real pandemic until in 2017, you've got this cry attack. And then... The NotPetya attack. I mean, for our listeners who have probably never heard about those names, those were two major uh, ransomware attacks which were using uh, a highly dangerous Windows exploit, uh, which was uh, supposedly developed by the NSA again, and then later stolen by, again, allegedly uh, a Russian hacker group, which published it uh, and made it available to anyone. And uh, any malware which utilizes this ex exploit could spread across a network to any unpatched Windows machine without any user interaction whatsoever. And uh, one of the biggest uh, victims uh, of the WannaCry attack was uh, the British National Healthcare System, the NHS. But uh, in total, it affected over 200,000 computers across over 150 countries around the world. Whether it was uh, the original intended goal of those uh, attackers, we cannot say, probably not. 
they were only they only managed to collect a limited amount of money, but they caused huge financial losses to affected companies. For example, the Danish shipping company Maersk was uh, completely knocked out for weeks, and uh, they estimate their losses to be around three hundred billion dollars. So you think that also the collateral damage that occurred through WannaCry was something even unexpected by the originators of this strain, so that they they um, didn't think of that this could spread in such a way that no one actually can pay the ransom for all these boxes that have been infected, and the collateral damage was just that high, that, which they didn't estimate adequately? Well, we should clearly uh, understand that all we are talking about now are, at best, our uh, guesses. They are based, of course, on experience, but uh, there, will, there will probably never be any undeniable evidence of the motives and uh, the actual people behind the attacks. However, we can presume that, for example, the WannaCry attack did not actually plan to be that destructive because uh, there was a known kill switch in their malware. And actually, there was a brave British guy, a hero, who discovered this kill switch and uh, used it to slow down the attack. The second one, the NotPetya malware, however, it was probably already used as a weaponized ransomware strain. So its original goal was to disrupt uh, IT systems, not to collect ransom. And it was originally targeted towards uh, Ukrainian companies. And again, it gave the Western media the chance to talk about Russia's involvement. But uh, it was quickly spread uncontrollably all around the world. It, it affected hundreds of, well, over 100 countries around the world. It caused damage everywhere, including Russia. So, again, you can never know what exactly was planned and what exactly went wrong, but uh, you can definitely say that uh, ransomware is no longer just uh, an extortion business. It's really a cyber weapon of mass destruction. Okay, if we fast forward to today, um, many news headline with the Emotet strain or family of of of, um, of malware, and um, is this something that we should consider just right now? With many people working from home, with many people using their machines, their own private personal PC as an entry channel towards corporate networks. What would you say is important when it comes to thinking of ransomware as of today? Well, that's a really uh, interesting and uh, surprisingly complicated question because uh, on one hand, since we are all working from home, we usually stay away from our corporate networks. Uh, and in that regard, uh, the uncontrollable spread of malware from one machine to another might be somewhat limited. Also, of course, uh, that particular exploit uh, has been long patched by Microsoft, and I don't think uh, we will. We can never exclude the opportunity that there will be another exploit of that uh, scale, but it's not particularly likely at the moment. However, we have already seen that people are now using this whole uh, coronavirus pandemic as a uh, as an excuse, if you will, as a extremely. Uh, important topic for spreading the traditional, the older strains of ransomware to just kind of exploit the people's fears to gain the interest to promising the cure or whatever affordable supplies to lure them and to click malicious link or to open a program. So yes, ransomware is just as uh, dangerous now as uh, it was earlier. And of course, if your computer is uh, infected, 
if your data is uh, lost, who will help you if all your IT colleagues are quarantined somewhere else in the world? That's the most difficult question, I guess. Okay, so but the, the, the main entry point is not really a technological one, but it's but it's the user in front of the keyboard. It's it's social engineering. It's the the better the the um, the link is that leads to such a malware and an installer, the more interesting it looks like and the more tempting it is, the, the higher the risk. So it's not necessarily, as you said, a vulnerability that was in an operating system before. Now it's the vulnerability in the person. Absolutely. And I think the problem exists between the keyboard and the chair. Humans are, unfortunately, always the weakest link in any IT system, even including experts or at least presumed experts like ourselves. I know that I've been a victim of a, uh, such attacks earlier. I managed, of course, to contain them uh, early enough to prevent any damage, but again, so nobody is invulnerable. Staying vigilant, uh, kind of checking all the potential attributes of our phishing email or another kind of malicious email or link is the first uh, line of defense, just like washing your hands is the first line of defense against the coronavirus. Right. So the, the more non-technical persons are involved, the higher, most probably the danger is um, that this really can happen. Um, on the other hand, what would you think if you had to say as a summary for today, um, what would be the three key measures to take when it comes to preventing any company, any organization, any user to fall victim to uh, such such an attack? What we would be your three steps to recommend? Well, uh, as I, I think it's clear from the earlier uh, discussion that kind of if you are already hit by ransomware, it's usually already too late. So the best defense against ransomware is proactive prevention. And of course, the first thing you have to to think about is having uh, backup copies of all your important documents. Because even if your computer is completely uh, unaccessible, even if your documents are destroyed, but you have a safe backup copy, uh, which is uh, off-site, so it's not, not affected by ransomware strings, which specifically look for your backup copies and destroy them as well. If it's uh, fresh enough, if it's uh, tested to be readable and recoverable, then basically you are safe. You are, I mean, you will only be mildly affected by any ransomware attack. But of course, there are some kinds of ransomware which are already mutating and adapting to this situation. For example, instead of destroying your documents, they will just copy them and uh, try to dox you. That is, uh, they, will try, they will threaten to publicly reveal your sensitive private information unless you pay the ransom. So obviously you want to avoid that as well. And for that, of course, the, the most important technology is a proper antivirus or endpoint protection tool. Again, the most important thing is to look beyond the label and uh, check that your antivirus, your EPP solution actually has capabilities built in specifically uh, for protecting you against ransomware. Whether it's just uh, a built-in backup management tool, which will restore any document which is corrupted, or if it, uh, it's uh, designed to identify a ransomware attack early, looking for specific malicious behavior, you have to ask your antivirus vendor what exactly are they able to offer you with ransomware protection. 
And of course, the last but the most important uh, security measure is your own common sense. Again, so be vigilant, read any text before blindly clicking on a link, uh, think twice before opening a suspicious attachment. If you receive something from your colleague you are unsure about, uh, call the colleague and ask whether it's really a document from him. Be vigilant. Okay, great. So that already very well summarizes what we've been talking today. We only had the chance to scratch the surface of this uh, immense uh, topic. Uh, I assume that we will follow up on that topic in a later version of this podcast again, and then maybe dig deeper into what a corporation can do, an enterprise can do for uh, protecting itself against these, these um, threats. Um, for the time being, um, Alexei, thank you very much for your time and to, and for helping me in this episode of this podcast around ransomware, which is really highly topical just as of now. Anything you want to add from your side? Well, maybe or uh, the last thing to let our listeners know is that uh, even if they have suffered a ransomware attack, they are still not alone in this world. There are people uh, and companies around the world which are ready to help. There is a lot of information available on the internet, resources uh, which will help you to identify which ransomware have you been uh, affected with, whether there is a, a known uh, decryptor tool, for example, which will help you recover those documents without paying the ransom. Or if you just need some general guidance, do not hesitate to talk to security experts, including us at Cooping Air Call. Again, thank you from my side as well, and stay safe. I will try my best. And just as a short mention at the end, as, you, as you've mentioned it already as well, of course, this is an area where we as analysts have gained um, expertise, especially you have gained this expertise. So if you want to talk to the expert, if you want to read from the expert, go to our website, go to kupingercall.com and just try to find the information you need. And if you have further questions, yeah, just ask us. We, we might be able to help you there. Thank you very much, Alexei, and looking forward to having you as a guest in one upcoming episode of this podcast again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Goodbye.